Oh my god, he did what? Yeah, he sucks. But he's so hot. This is Hot and Horrible. Hi, friends and lovers. Hey, how's it going, Emily? It's going good. What did you do today? Today, I went on a beautiful hike with our producer, Alex, at Beeman. Seven miles, right? Seven and a half. That's awesome. Well, it's yeah. so funny because we had to record this again. <laughs> But we're here. Because the dogs weren't tired. They were, Seven and a half miles wasn't enough for them. They were running around, yeah. paws going around. <laughs> but we got to know Maya so well. And speaking of Maya, we have a special guest for you. And her name is Maya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she has been so much fun. So, you know, intelligent, so smart. And um, is probably our new favorite person. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> we met her at Quantum, our gym. Yes. It was like the most random thing. We were all on treadmills, and then we just started chatting. So you can talk to people at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think you guys were the first people I officially made friends with that wasn't somebody that worked there, and I thought maybe was obligated to talk to me. (laughs) So that was funny how it worked out, because I was going to Quantum, I felt like for a year before I like started talking to other people, which is funny because I would say that's not normally like me, but for some reason it just happened that way. I went for a year to like get in my routine and you guys were the first people that I really talked to and started making friends with at Quantum. Wow. Yay. Yeah. Well, we had no idea who we met, but you're an amazing real estate agent in Nashville, right? Yes, I am a real estate agent and I've been selling houses specifically in Middle Tennessee for the past two plus years and I've almost sold more than a hundred houses in the past two, oh my two God. years in Middle Tennessee. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, so I'm obsessed with my job to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One of the first conversations I had with Maya We were talking about her uh, college experience because you went to Alabama. Yes, roll tide. Roll tide. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a very different experience than I had. I went to a small liberal arts college. But I remember you telling me about like the houses, like the Greek life and everything. I'm so curious about what it was like like dating within the Greek life at Alabama, like were there rules that you all had? I got deep into Alabama Rush TikTok last year. (laughs) Rush and Greek life at Alabama was so crazy. Initially, going into it, I honestly didn't know anything at all. I thought it was going to be like just a fun party kind of, and we wouldn't be expected to do much, and it would just really just be a fun, exciting thing, and that's it. So essentially, when you rush at the University of Alabama, at least when I did, you were supposed to get recommendations from people, from every each sorority, people who, I guess, graduated as an alumni from that sorority. That was really crazy, because I don't know, there's so many different sororities at Alabama, and you're supposed to get two to four recommendations. I can't even remember for sure yeah. for each sorority, and I found this out last second, and then you're supposed to do this during your summertime, right after you graduated mm-hmm. high school. If you didn't really know about 
Greek life or you weren't from the South, you weren't local to Alabama, this was like really difficult to do to start. Yeah. Um, but then we also had to show up to school early. And essentially, when you arrive, you're split up into Rokai groups. And I'm going to try to shorten this as much as possible. But you're split up into different groups um, with different girls rushing. And you have a Rokai leader. And they're a girl, an active in a current sorority. But that is secret. It's top secret, basically, which sorority they're in because they don't want it to influence which sorority you choose. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, the first two to four days, um, you meet with your Rokai group. You have a schedule of every single house that you're going to go to. So the first few days, you got to see every single possible sorority that you could join. And we would line up in alphabetical order in front of the houses. Um, and we had to be dressed a certain way on different days, required different things. And literally all at once, I just remember like the sorority girls would open the door and all of a sudden they'd be screaming and singing like a chant or song. And, and we would have to just stand there smiling with our name tags around our neck. And then as soon as they ended, they'd be like, come on in. And then all the girls start filing in and all the active sorority members, a part of the sorority house, mm -hmm. start like helping you come in and everybody inside the house has already been studying like the new members so they grab you when you walk in and they're assigned you and they have small chit chat with you mm -hmm. and then they pass you to a different person and there's like a whole system so that is basically the start to a very intense rush process that lasts two weeks Oh, I didn't realize it was two weeks long. It's about two weeks. And I'm sure maybe like I'm forgetting things. Maybe things have changed since yeah. it was now more than four years ago. Mm -hmm. But it was intense. I did it. I joined a sorority, Delta Gamma, Anchor Down. You know, the girls that do the anchor sign. Yes. Um, and I was in it for about two years until I dropped. Uh, at that point, I felt like I had a, my experience that I loved and learned a lot from. Um, and I, I felt it wasn't worth to pay the sorority dues, mm -hmm. which was really expensive, mm -hmm. especially at Alabama. There were a lot of other things a part of Greek life, too, like girls and sororities had a lot of rules we had to follow. We couldn't have guys necessarily at the sorority house randomly or spend the night. You couldn't have like drugs or alcohol or parties, but the fraternities could. Yeah. No problem. But but the sororities can't. And if you did, you would get in trouble. I actually got in trouble um, my freshman year, um, af right after I joined my sorority, like my first semester for something so silly, like revolving just like some fun party stuff. It was because another one of my sorority sisters um, reported me from like a personal private story. No way. She screenshotted my like snapchat and it was like of like a party like thing and got me in trouble for it and i was shocked that like somebody who's supposed to be like my sister who's supposed to be like an older active member um would do such a thing and it really made me think more about like the reasons why like i joined a sorority and like why maybe after two years it didn't make sense for me to stay so what made you join a sorority what made me join is 
for one, I thought it was going to be really fun and exciting. And it was just not what I expected at all. Um, and of course, like anything fun and exciting, sign me up. I also <laughs> knew it should be an easy way to meet people and make friends and like be a part of a, some kind of community. And I definitely wanted that as well. Like um, being, you know, a freshman at a new school. I knew there was like pretty much there was a majority of other girls and other freshmen at the school like doing the same process. So I just figured, why not, you know? And mm-hmm. and also I did have the opportunity to be able to afford the dues of going into a sorority, which is nice too. Um, so I did it and it was great. But man, was it so intense and <laughs> complete opposite of what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I had friends in college who were part of like a sorority mm-hmm. and they might have done like six months or something before they couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. They were like, I'm not paying the dues. I'm not coming to like anything anymore. So what's the point of it? We would get in trouble. Like if we didn't show up to our Monday meetings and sign in and like turn in our phones, which I thought was ridiculous because you're paying to be in the sorority yet. You can get in trouble for if you're too busy one day with homework or something else. You get like fined too, right? Yep. Yep. There was like consequences for it, which is crazy. Not what I expected in enjoying like something like that, um, but I guess it was it was a great experience, and I'm grateful for it. So, were you in a sorority house, or were you in a dorm? Or I never lived in the sorority house. Um, the way it worked when I was there was that you could apply to be at the house, and I think normally, you know if you were in good standing um, with the sorority, you would be allowed to have a room there eventually after your first year. Um, But I didn't live there personally. I moved into my own little like cottage house, if you will, after my freshman year, which I loved because I got to have my own room and my own bathroom. And it was in a neighborhood of like all other, like pretty Mm -hmm. much all Alabama students. Mm -hmm. So it was a great setup. I thought it was nicer than living in a sorority house with all girls and strict rules. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. Yes. I was in a sorority when I was in college too, but it was a local sorority. Mm -hmm. So it was much, it was much more relaxed, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I can't imagine being penalized for not coming to the meetings because I didn't go to so many. I would be broke right now. (laughs) That was definitely one of the reasons I decided ultimately to like leave after the first two years was because I couldn't keep up with having to be somewhere that I was already paying to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't make sense for my business mind. Also, I guess as you guys get to know me better, like business is in my blood. So I feel like I naturally like revert everything to like business models. Up top, <laughs> that's me too. Completely. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, should we take a little commercial break? And then Maya has 10 dating tips. Woo! Welcome back, friends and lovers. So we got Maya here, like the fittest woman at Quantum. <laughs> and uh, she has like 10 amazing tips for dating. I just wrote 10 tips that were kind of top of mind. So the first one is just be honest with yourself. I know that this could sound cheesy, um, but I think it's really important to acknowledge how you actually feel, even if it's uncomfortable. 
I've seen and been a part of a lot of different um, relationships or experiences or situations where you can tell the person or maybe even myself before was just not being honest or comfortable with how they truly felt and that's always going to block you from opportunities that are meant for you and block you to seeing from seeing things that are important that are right in front of you yes Alex and I were literally just talking about like things blocking like energy blocking on our Mm -hmm. hike today Mm -hmm. it really is true I think sometimes we don't realize how much energy we're giving to something or how much energy it's sucking out of us and that does inhibit you from opportunities or other things that might be coming your way because you're so absorbed into that. Exactly. I can't stress enough. Like the first thing is you really have to be honest with yourself and just comfortable with how you truly feel, even if it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Second thing, this might hit people where it hurts, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but do not stay with somebody who does not fulfill you at all. I've been there. I've stayed because I'm like, oh, I don't want to hurt this person. It would have been better if I just ripped the band-aid off. Right. People of all kinds of relationships, whether it's dating or not, they end up or they allow themselves to be with somebody or something that doesn't fulfill them. And that, I think, is one of the most miserable things you could do or let happen to yourself. I really think just know when you're not being fulfilled and don't let yourself be okay with that. And another one is wait before making big decisions when emotions are high. Um, I think this ties into a lot of life situations, but even with my work, um, here I go again, tying things back to business. Um, I have seen and experienced a lot of situations like in many different ways where emotions are so high. You never know like when something unexpected is going to happen, knock you off your feet or knock your friends or family or your coworkers off their feet. You need to wait before making any big decisions when your brain is trying to balance itself. That's perfect. I love that. And then another one is be open to new things that may not be what you planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this could probably tie into the whole blocking thing that we were just talking yeah. about. But I think everybody has an idea or plan or goal or dream that they think might be their path. But ultimately, Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen or how it's going to happen. So you have to always let yourself be open to something that you might not have planned or might not have expected or might not have wanted. And that could look like anything and come in so many different forms. Yeah, I've been (laughs) talking and feeling so much about trusting the universe recently Mm -hmm. because I do feel like when I just kind of let go, like you're saying, and just let what's going to happen happen, better things come to me, I think, versus me just trying to control everything around me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because I think if you're constantly trying to control things or things that may not even be in your control, I think it could lead you to blocking something that was meant to be or being blinded 
by something that was supposed to happen. Yeah. The theme of this episode, I feel like, is stop blocking things. Yeah. <laughs> from entering your life. Use your intuition. Yeah. Let your intuition be free yeah. and believe it. You'll learn. Your intuition will get so much better as you let yourself learn from it and let yourself believe in yourself. It's crazy. I know I've been way more in touch with my intuition lately mm. and it feels really comforting. Yeah. It makes like the unknown like less scary, which is ultimately like what everybody's scared about is the unknown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for you though. Yeah. (laughs) I love my list. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I think that was number four. Number five, this one might hurt (laughs) to some people. Um, Don't run away from the people you care most about. I've seen this so many times and I may or may not be guilty from this as well. (laughs) (laughs) Who isn't? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Who isn't? But I mean, that's so important too. Why would you run away from somebody you care so much about or feel so deeply about? And why would you deny yourself that? Because anytime you're feeling so strongly for somebody or about somebody and you're running away from it, you're running away from something you were supposed to know or find out. Mm. And then you're blocking yourself. Back to the block. You're just blocking yourself all over Stop the Stop blocking place. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So number six is, okay, don't be your worst self for the best people that love you the most. That's a thing, I think, because we feel more comfortable around the people that we know care and love us the most. So yep. sometimes we're the shittiest to them. Yep. I think that's so true to me. Like, I know the more comfortable I am around somebody, like, the more I'll let loose. This could also happen if you're living a life that's not fulfilling you or living and engaging in relationships that aren't fulfilling you. Like, it could lead to you being your worst self for that person or other people that you care about or you're close to. Mm -hmm. But I guess, yeah, just being so comfortable with somebody or so close to somebody, like I think it's easy to let yourself slip into, you know, just being so comfortable that you may not be giving them your best self. Yeah. 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 I think I see where you're coming from. I think like ideally like our friends would feel comfortable with us like expressing like vulnerability around them Mm -hmm. but I think there's a difference between like being vulnerable to someone or kind of taking advantage of their emotional labor right yeah yeah I totally agree with that yeah and it's funny because I was having a similar conversation with somebody the other day and they said the same thing they're Mm -hmm. like you would hope that your friend would you know feel comfortable and want to hear that side of you but at the same time like you have to have the respect and and the boundary to know that like you need to protect them as well Mm -hmm. and and not nobody should take advantage of anyone in a loving like healthy Mm -hmm. relationship so Mm -hmm. that's I agree with that yeah definitely um okay so number seven don't forget about the other side when making big decisions in any relationship Mm. so it's important, obviously, to take care of yourself. I think for, for at least me, I know if I don't take care of myself, then I can't take care of other people as well. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason I do take care of myself. Um, but I also have seen people make decisions before, and it seems like they didn't even consider the other person at all. And I 
I, I just think you really should always consider the other person in a relationship when making a big decision because it is going to affect them. For sure. It's like asking you, you know, to mm-hmm. get a dog without asking you. Ra- like exactly. Or rather like just doing it and then now later telling me, oh, we've got a dog now. It's like, wait, I didn't even have time to prepare for this or nothing. Yeah, it's a great Dane. Yeah. You didn't even consider me in this decision. I was, and then you're just like, but I got a dog. Yeah, I got two dogs actually. I would probably love that. But okay. yeah, it's the concept of yeah. having like the opportunity like to collaborate or just having the opportunity of the thought of the other person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone about this the other day because we were talking about, well, what if you're in a relationship and one of you wants to move somewhere, but the other one doesn't. And I just think that's like the worst part of being in a relationship are those like big decisions that, you have to compromise on sometimes. That's so crazy that you say that because like this is why like intuition is so relevant because that ties into like just different things that are top of mind for me right mm-hmm. now. Is I, I've seen that happen before. Yeah. Like where one side wants, it seems like one side wants to move and the other side doesn't and then it just happens. And I think that's a recipe for disaster. It really is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, so, okay, moving on. Um, number eight, communicate how you feel more openly so you have no regrets. Yes. Um, and this kind of ties into my next one, life is short, YOLO. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's so true. Like, you never know when it's your last conversation with somebody for whatever reason. Honestly, I think one of the worst things or the worst feelings is thinking – that you could have told somebody how you felt, but knowing you didn't. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. I so, don't think it's worth it. It yeah. isn't. And it's kind of funny because, you know. You're blocking yourself. You're blocking <laughs> yourself. <laughs> it's a theme. It's it a really theme. is. Do you own this house? Do you mind if I, I don't ask? own this house. Oh, you house? don't? Okay, no. well. If you ever, you sh- you guys should all buy houses. True. First of all, from you, yes, yes. From my, uh... I will absolutely help you buy a house. But think about it this way: like buying a house is a genius investment. You make money off of doing nothing, just owning a house. So if you can buy a house or take the steps to eventually buy a house, yeah. you should do it because. You are making money for yourself, for your partner, for your dog, for your family, for for the people in your life that you care about. And it's awesome because like you could be, you know, somebody making $5 an hour or making $5,000 an hour, but what matters is what you do with your money. So if you take that and, and if you buy a house, you are going to make money. In Middle mm-hmm. Tennessee, if you buy a house, like, can you keep it for two to five years? I bet you a lot of money, you will make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm not going to say I'm always going to live in Nashville yeah. for the rest of my life, no matter what. I wouldn't close my, I wouldn't block myself yeah. off <laughs> from other opportunities necessarily, but at the same time, I want to stay here a while. Um, however, I know that, like, I can keep my house and, you know, make money off of it, maybe sell it eventually and, you know, double, triple, whatever the equity that I already have. Um, but I could also always just have a place here and uh, places in other places. Yeah. So I'm not just 
stuck in one place or if I wanted to be near the water Mm -hmm. like I could do both or more than one or I could switch around in different phases of my life yeah see that's what I mean about being open to stuff and like not closing yourself off it's like you never know what direction the world's going to take you in. Okay, 10. I think 10 is going to be everyone's favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this could be applied in different ways. Um, but in, let's just say for heterosexual, tr- more traditional relationships, my last one that I love, <laughs> number 10, is men always come back. That's so true. Yep. <laughs> Someone was just telling me about this. A guy. Yep. In my entire life, in every single kind of relationship, situationship I've been in, whether it was romantic or not, or fling or not, or toxic or not, whatever, any relationship I've ever had involving a man that's come to an end because of me or them or other situations, the world, that man has always come back one way or another. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my guy friends from Quantum about this mm-hmm. because I was recently rejected. <laughs> and well, he, he'll come back one day. Yeah, that's I promise basically you. what he said. He was like, look, there have never been any like good women that I haven't gone back to. Andre, have you done that? Okay, this is gonna. This may disprove your theory <laughs> okay. slightly, but there are some people who I'm like, when I'm done with them, they're I like think gone that's forever. Fair, yeah, you know what? And I think another thing to note is like the coming back can look like anything. Mm. Like I've had the coming back where they're quite literally like begging, like you know, I want to take you back, all that. I've had the coming back where it's like. They just stalked my Instagram like from two years ago mm-hmm. or the coming back where they send the one random like Facebook message. That doesn't necessarily always yeah. mean yeah. like, oh, it's going to be full fledged, like same relationship over yeah. again. Oftentimes it's probably not, but the coming back can look like anything. And when That's it happens, true. you can be in any point of your life. You could be open to it you could be in another relationship mm-hmm. completely closed off to it mm-hmm. it's so funny this one girl who I was in a relationship with she came back but it was in the form of a instagram dm mm-hmm. i was with a girl i was dating and that she was like that girl's too pretty to be with you and she came back <laughs> oh my god and 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 that's why i'm like take this as you will because yeah. i think it could also work i think it definitely works the other way around like for girls to men like I'm sure there are plenty of females who always come back to the man or female and female whatever kind of relationship you're in it doesn't matter um but yeah I think a lot of the time people always come back (laughs) I think a lot of the time it's like you grew and then you were like oh damn Mm -hmm. I kind of messed up in that situation yep It happens a lot and it could happen if you're blocking yourself from how you feel or running away from the people you care about or any of the things we really talked about. Yeah. Maya, I'm so curious. I know you're in a very cute and loving relationship now, Mm -hmm. but the podcast Hot and Horrible, we talk a lot about like dating hot and horrible people. So do you have any like little stories? Oh my gosh. I have a million stories. Like, I'll need to just be coming on every single week (laughs) to tell you. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is, like, (laughs) 
just like <laughs> everything before what I have now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, but you know, in in high school, towards the end of my high school years, I'd say maybe a, a little bit beginning of uh, college, I was in a very very hot and horrible relationship. Um, and it was really fun, but really, really crazy, Mm -hmm. extremely, extremely toxic. Um, long story short, um, this guy, he was actually, he became a felon while we were dating. (laughs) (laughs) You would never guess it. I know I've, I've said this before and people don't even believe me, but I have dated a felon before and he was actually in jail for part of our relationship. He would call me like while he was in jail and I would answer and it would be like, this is so-and-so. Oh my God. Something jail center. This is the craziest story we've Actually, this happened. This was going on. I remember now because we just talked about it when I was going through Rush. I was a freshman in college going through Rush Dating a guy that was like four years older than me, who had just become a felon, Can you and tell he us went to jail for a month. Okay, when he listens to this, actually, because <laughs> okay. he will, he's gonna be so excited that I'm talking about him because that's how crazy. And he, he is. came back. Hey, <laughs> but basically, what happened is on New Year's, he went to like a random party from what I was told. Him and his friends like were invited like via like somebody somebody was talking to through Tinder. So Mm -hmm. it was a very random strange party. And he went to the party and apparently he got like the most like drunk he had ever been. Um, Like extremely blackout. And he said he saw like on the table like what looked like a bag of like coke or mm-hmm. or meth or some like you know large quantity of drugs that mm-hmm. could be of value so he took it and left the party started like walking away from the party and somebody had their car running before work at 4 a.m. I guess they were getting up early before work maybe heating their car yeah. or something he gets inside the car and starts driving home like extremely blackout or whatever you want to call it, intoxicated with the stolen drugs. And of course the guy who's warming up his car, he notices, he hears his car leave. So he immediately reports it to the police. So I guess the sheriffs, the police find him like on the highway right away and um, they pull him over and they laid down spike strips because it was a reported it was a car reported stolen, um, and he drives away after he gets pulled over, oh trying God. to flee the police, <laughs> and the car, like, disables, and I guess he gets out, and he tries to run away again, and I think they beat the heck out of <laughs> him oh because he's, like, trying to flee the police and doing really bad criminal things. Um, so then he gets arrested, and then, like, the next day, he tells me he just got a DUI. Oh, my God. Wait, how attractive how is this did, man? How, yeah, okay, okay. Overlook okay. That. So this is the very horrible part of the story, <laughs> is that he wasn't. <laughs> the hot part is how, like, messy and intense yeah. everything this relationship was, but the horrible part was he was not. Oh, wait. I'm sorry if you hear these things, but it's true. But the idea and the story of how we came about at the time when I was in college, 
sounded hot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So did it end because he was in jail? Um, it ended because our relationship was just ext- like disgustingly toxic mm-hmm. and like it got worse and worse, of course, after he went to jail and whatnot. So I would say there's a bunch of reasons, but that is one of the bigger reasons. He also lied all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, you know, blame things on me to his mom. Like if his mom got mad at him for something or <laughs> oh he didn't God. do something, he Damn. would blame it on me. What are you doing, Maya? <laughs> yeah, literally. One time he was supposed to go to like something for like court because he was always having to do court stuff because he was a felon. And he couldn't drive because he had a DUI. And so he didn't want to go. And I didn't know he was supposed to go. I didn't know where he was supposed to be. I just didn't know. It wasn't my responsibility. So he didn't go. And his mom found out and got super pissed. And he blamed it on me. He was like, she didn't drive me. Oh, my God. Are you freaking kidding me? That Um, is wild. Very, very horrible. Mostly horrible, actually. Maybe we should take the hot out. Yeah. <laughs> That's maybe the wildest yeah. story Love that. we've had. I have really wild stories, which is I feel like we have so much more. Like... We're going to have to have you on. Yeah, again. we're going to have you on again for okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would love it. I would love it. This has been so much fun. Well, thank <laughs> yeah. you for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Do you have a message for the world? I'm just going to speak from the heart. Yeah. My message is to be open. Don't close yourself off. Um, to things that may be right in front of you and also be present life is so short you never know you know when it's going to be your last day when it's going to be your last conversation with somebody when it's going to be your last time seeing them you never know what's going to happen so just cherish every day like it's your last as cheesy as that sounds and have fun like don't don't take life too seriously like just Enjoy and and be open. And buy a house. And buy a house from <laughs> me. From my how do the listeners find you? Oh, okay. So I have two Instagrams. You can find me at Valcourt Realty, V is in Victor, A L C O U R T Realty, R E A L T Y. And then my other Instagram is my personal Instagram, which is the first three letters of my First name and middle name and last name. So it's M-A-Y-C-A-R-V-A-L. May Carval. That's so tricky. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I probably explained that the most complicated way possible. People are going to buy houses from you regardless. Yes. Andre is the first one. Yeah, we're going to get right on this after (laughs) we stop recording. (laughs) Thank you so much, Maya, for coming. Thank you for having me. Really, this has been so much fun. And this was my first podcast, so Yay. hot and horrible took my podcast virginity. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Where can we find you, Emily? We can find me at, at Sherwood Emily. Me at, at Andre Country or at Andre Country Life. And the podcast at, at Hot and Horrible Pod. And y'all, don't forget to rate this podcast five stars for our girl, Maya. Ten stars. Ten, Ten stars. stars. <laughs> All right, friends and lovers, have a good week. Bye.